Welcome to Wilderness and Wildness. Today, I bring you the very first episode, which is a story about an old steel bike in a small town. I was pushing down hard on the seized bolt of my dad's old mountain bike. I was under the stark fluorescent lights of my garage in late December. It was dark outside, and snow was coming down in ethereal flakes. No matter how hard I pushed down on the socket wrench, the seized bolt would not come free. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts called Berlin. The one time it was on the news, they called it rural. It is a composition of apple orchards, conservation land, and horse pastures. As a young person, it was boring to me. Nothing to do when sports got out, nothing to do on long Friday and Saturday nights. I thought of my town as not being particularly beautiful, either. Well, at least not compared to the grand landscapes I had seen in the West. It was nothing compared to the big mountains I had hiked in Wyoming, and it had nothing on the views of South Dakota. That all changed one day, though. I was rummaging through our shed, and on the wall was my dad's old Trek 800. Its frame was covered in dust, and it hadn't been ridden in years. But I was drawn to it nonetheless, so I pulled it down off the wall. I knew nothing about riding or fixing mountain bikes, but soon enough I was cleaning off the dust and adjusting the derailleurs to hit every gear. The next day I asked my mother where the best place was to ride. She said that there were some trails not more than a mile down the street. I never viewed the trails of my town as anything I wanted to be on. To me, the conservation land of my town was corny nature walks. I was a real hiker. 20 miles in the mountains paled in comparison to a mile-long trail loop. But I was going to shred these trails on this old rickety bridge and mountain bike. And I was pretty sure it was older than me. The next thing I knew, I was riding over sticks in my backyard and down the road behind her house. I zipped down the road and pulled into the lot of conservation land. Then I found myself riding a mellow path that was directly adjacent to some steep granite cliffs, a climbing pitch tall. I pushed down on the noisy cranks and descended to a pond where ducks and herons had gathered and rode along the side of a babbling stream. I had no idea that this place was so beautiful. In fact, I had never thought it was worth exploring. Those first days of mountain biking were full of halts to get off the bike, since some roots and rocks were too formidable for my talents. Though school was ending soon, and I had convinced my best friend to go out on rides using my mom's old stump jumper. That summer, we spent zipping around our town, exploring every piece of conservation land. We popped tires, skidded turns, rode up to viewpoints, in small mountains, bashed through streams and pockets of mud, went over roots and went over bars, and picked our way down some steep, loose descents. I even found myself launching off a small drop into a natural sand pit. That old Trek 800 groaned through it all, even persisting after my buddy bought a sweet new cross-country bike. Those days showed me the beauty of my small town, and with my first bit of freedom before I could spin the wheel of car, I had chosen to explore the place I call home. After riding through the natural areas of my town, I found places to climb, camp, and fish. I taught my friends how to tie figure eight knots and set anchors. We formed a little band of mountain bikers as well that could traverse through the town without being seen from the road. But that old bike taught me more than how to appreciate my town. With her old components in years gone by, it was time to replace some things. A pandemic hit and I had plenty of time, a little bit too much, but that bike saved me again. I spent hours poring over how wide my fork was, and what tires I could fit into the frame, and what brake pads to buy. I spent hours looking at how many millimeters everything was, but those were hours freed from the pain of not being able to see my friends. After a couple weeks, 
that bike could be pronounced refurbished, even though along the way I had picked up a full suspension bike of much higher ability. I found myself reaching for that old Trek 800. There was something in feeling each bump and remembering to be careful that connected me to the trails of my town. But it was time to go back to college, and a buddy of mine wanted to ride mountain bikes. So I strapped the Trek to an old toolie rack and brought my new bike along. When we got to school, we bombed down the smooth dirt trails of Vermont, down tracks in Caddy Hill, and those not far from school. We rambled down trails, and the Trek would get minimal air over jumps, but come down with a metallic thud each time. My friend dubbed her Old Faithful. We rode irreverently, and Old Faithful snapped chains and cranks came loose. Old Faithful resented my friend Sam, since every mechanical issue happened when he was in the saddle. I almost felt bad, but I knew the old bike wanted nothing more than to be ridden day in and day out. It was truly my bike, though. There's a certain cadence where the steel bike likes to be shifted, and it can only sustain so much power before the chain skips off the budget cassette. I missed riding it, but knew I should stay mounted on my full suspension bike, because jumps and berms would feel much nicer. The days of bike parks came to an end, and when the semester did, I brought both bikes home. I was also ill. A pain in my stomach and a lack of digestion had sent me to the hospital right before coming home. I couldn't seem to recover. I was tired, nauseous, and worst of all, incredibly confused. I felt like I was losing touch with reality, and I felt like I had hallucinated through days when my stomach felt wrong. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong. That's when anxiety struck. I damaged my relationships because I couldn't put the energy into them that they required. My friends couldn't see the way I looked ill, and nobody understood why I was. Most of them chalked it up to, I didn't want to talk to them, or that I didn't care, which wasn't the case. I was grappling with anxiety and fearing for my life. Days of isolated quarantine wore on, and I couldn't see the friends that doubted my claims. I wasted away time at my retail job and felt no better, even though it had been weeks since leaving the emergency room, until one day, my dad told me to go ride my bike. I had tried before, but anxiety had grabbed me, and told me that I might pass out in the woods and that nobody would be there to help me. But I listened to my father, and went into the garage and took one look at both bikes and grabbed Old Faithful. I saddled up, like the years before, and crunched over some sticks and zipped down the road to the conservation land I first explored many years before. And in the coming days, the old steed brought me to those quiet places that I'd come to worship. Those places where I could sit with newfound pain and anxiety inflicted by these new circumstances. But those quiet, beautiful places where the ducks paddle and the cliffs are lighted by warm winter sun, they heal the pain slowly, and their silence reminds you of who you are and where you can go. But just for a moment, I want to go back to the beginning of the story, because it is, I think, what I found in that place. So back to the beginning we go. I was pressing down hard on that socket wrench, and that rusted bolt just wouldn't move. Why was I doing this? Why wasn't I just paying someone else to remove the crank? For me, there's a certain catharsis that comes when you push through being seized and afraid. A catharsis that lets you move freely when you are on the other side. So I pushed down hard, just a little harder, and the seized bolt swung free. So that is the end of the first episode. Let me know if you like what you heard. It would mean a lot to hear from you. My email is colby.fong at hotmail.com. That's C-O-L-B-Y dot F-O-N-G at hotmail.com. Or if you have a story you want me to tell, you can contact me there as well. Stay wild, my friends.
The music today was The End Is Near by Paradox Hip Hop, and you can listen to the full thing on Free Music Archives.